Happy Friday here on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Ryan Snyder with us, as always, to break down the week in recruiting. And it was a big one for the Nittany Lions. We'll be getting to Johnny Shakir, the latest Nittany Lion commit, which uh, happened on Wednesday night. We'll also then take the opportunity, Ryan, this is the halfway point. 12 commits in the class of 2023. Now, of course, that could go over 24 for sure. Could go under maybe by a little bit. But this is a rough halfway point. So I figured good time to reset everything. Look at the class. What do you say? I'm in. Let's go. It's Friday. It's beautiful yeah. out. I'm excited. Uh, let's, go. let's do it. <laughs> before, before we get to that, before we get to that, I'm throwing you a curveball here live as we're recording. Because this came up. We, this came up on Thursday. This came up on, on the Daily uh, Mailbag show. And I said, as it happened, I'm going to, I know I'm going to say something or something's going to happen that I regret. And I'm going to throw this up here quickly. Uh, so it's not this one. Our buddy Gorky asked this question on the mailbag Who's the best athlete employed by BWI? Obviously, Nate's on with us on Wednesday or on Thursdays, and he says golf does not count. Uh, we had a conversation about this, and. The throwaway from Nate was, well, it's not me and it's not Ryan. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity because <laughs> I, in the moment, I was too busy trying to get to the thing I wanted to say. And I forgot to go, you know what? The only other guy that I hear is going to the gym all the time is Ryan. So I wanted yeah. to, because I know, and also I, you, I'm aware you were a pretty good soccer player in high school, right? I played, well, I played soccer and football growing up, but, right. uh, like once I got the once I got the high school, like all the cool kids played football, right? So I just focused on that. But uh, yeah, we did like travel team soccer and stuff like that back in the day, going to all those different tournaments and stuff. It was fun. It, the only reason I was good at soccer though was because I was like always the aggressive kid, yeah. and everybody else wasn't aggressive if you played soccer in middle school, you know. So I just like bullied people. <laughs> That's not, <laughs> honestly, God's truth. I couldn't run that well, but I just knocked people over. But uh, no, I mean, I, you're probably the best athlete because you're you're in better shape than me. Like, but we are we're the two gym guys. Although Greg's yeah. going to the gym now more too so i'll give greg credit for that one but uh yeah i'm definitely more athletic than nate but uh anyway, <laughs> now so this is something i didn't say yesterday after giving my bona fides and i'm gonna i'm gonna already cut the knees out of my argument is i imagine that you and nate are better at sports than i am now if you need someone to dig a ditch for you i'm your guy i will dig with a shovel all day if you need me to carry logs if you need me to throw things if you need me to go into the weight room but like he was bringing up some valid points of like, can you play tennis? I've tried to play tennis. I'm a dog crap at tennis. Like anything Did that actually involves a skill. Did yes. they tell you he tore his ACL playing tennis? So, yeah. Well, I, mean, I knew uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll argue on the dig in the ditch. My dad owns a construction company. I've spent my whole life freaking digging ditches and swinging hammers. So I'm not that I want to be the best guy at digging ditches because God, that is the worst thing <laughs> that, in the world. That's it's why August. we're here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But anyway, I uh, I like to think I'm somewhat athletic still, but uh, my family and friends would probably tell you no. So that's why I'm a journalist and not an athlete. There we go. All right. I just I knew we had to get to that or else if you saw that, if you listened to the show and you heard the slander, I, I just I knew we were going to start a beat with the beef was being made live like ground beef in the in the processor. So I just wanted to make sure like we got everything out. Everyone, everyone feels good going into the weekend. Uh, and yep. Penn State fans should feel good coming into the weekend because they finally got a receiver in the class of 2023 with Johnny Shakir. Uh, you were able to speak to him after his commitment, so give us the lowdown on, on what you guys talked about. 
I haven't spoken with Johnny much over the last year, man. He's he's a kind of cat that just isn't into it, uh, which is okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I tell guys all the time, I respect it. Uh, it's a it's a stressful process as it is. So if you don't want to deal with people like me texting you uh, every couple of weeks or, you know, and in more important times, maybe every couple of days, uh, I, I totally get it. But uh, Johnny was pretty open about the fact that, you know, well, first off, he was offered in April 2020. Okay, so that so it goes back a pretty long ways. Uh, but like everybody in this kind of class, you know, especially as underclassmen, the COVID pandemic just kind of de- destroyed the the first half of that recruitment, and uh, really kind of came down to uh, him getting up here last year for the for the whiteout camp. Uh, came up, I think it was uh, June sixth or June fourth, I believe. Uh, ran a four two that day. Uh, shuttle, excuse me, not not a four not a four two forty. That 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 uh, that'd be incredible. But, <laughs> that's uh, not what I saw. Shuttle. I mean, it's good, but that's yeah. not what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that fast, but uh, no, four two shuttles great. He actually didn't run mm-hmm. a forty that day, uh, but he had like a twenty, I believe, a twenty nine foot triple jump, uh, which is pretty solid for wide receiver. And I, it's it's kind of like what what you and I have said about him a lot. Uh, like he has a lot of B plus qualities, right? Yep. Like there's a lot of things there that uh, there's a lot to mold, a lot to like. Uh, there isn't like one area where it's, you know, he looks like an absolute stupid superstar, but that that's not a bad thing, you know, that, to having a good base and a good spot to mold. And, um, you know, that that's always a good thing. But uh, it comes up for that camp. He returns then two weeks later for a, an unofficial visit, kind of like a personal day with the staff. I believe that was around June 14th or so. So it's like about like 10 days or so after that visit. Uh, and then he comes back for the whiteout game last September. And uh, he told me, I believe it was uh, late in the fall or early winter about that whiteout experience and how much, you know, kind of made a mark on him and how much he enjoyed that. Uh, And then really, we haven't talked since. I mean, he's been (laughs) just completely quiet up until this moment. But, uh, you know, Penn State was always kind of felt like the favorite. Uh, He he admitted that West Virginia was also seriously in the mix. They were probably the Penn State's top competitor uh, with Boston College. They were also there. Uh, He also visited Maryland and Temple, I believe. Uh, So, you know, great get for Penn State. I think Penn State's happy with it. I mean, they've been on him yeah. for a while. I've had people tell me for six plus months now that he should be considered one of their top five guys. And uh, really, I mean, we just did our, our wide receiver hot boards the other week, and I had him and, and Rodney is kind of like those two guys they can't miss on. And then a handful of guys who are also important to them, but, you know, they're just going to be a little more difficult to get for for one reason or another. So mm-hmm. uh, I think Penn State's really happy with this commitment. And uh, Johnny, you know, there's nothing about a Johnny that makes me think he's going to, you know, go visit elsewhere or anything. He's, he's happy to have it over with, and uh, I think Penn State's happy to have him. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, from your reporting and everything that, that had been – the tea leaves had said this was a strong Penn State lean, and to have it happen, uh, I, I know it seems to make sense from the outside looking in. Uh, another part of the the puzzle was where he's transferring. So, give us the background on on where he played last year and who he's playing for this upcoming fall. Yeah, so he was at. I should have probably led with that, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> the basics. I, 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 I'll get better with that someday. Uh, well, let's start with this. He's six foot one seventy five. Uh, Twenty twenty three, <laughs> of course, as you guys know, uh, South Jersey. So he's right outside yeah. of Philadelphia. Uh, he spent his first three years at Penn Salkin, uh, which is a you know quality program. It's like right over the uh, right over the river from Philadelphia. Uh, and he recently moved, I think, a couple months ago uh, to Winslow Township, uh, which is it wasn't it isn't far from Penn Salkin. Um, but uh, you know, of course, I've talked about this before. Uh, Bill Belton is the offensive coordinator there. Christian Hackenberg is the quarterback coach there. I mean, he's only been there for a couple months now, so I don't want to pretend that those guys mm-hmm. had like a big hand in you know him ending up at Penn State or anything like that, because uh, I think he was already you know well leaning towards Penn State before he he even made that transfer. Uh, I believe his mother just moved into the into the neighborhood or into the you know the the school district, so there's nothing 
at least I, not that I'm aware of, you know, any, any real reason for the move. other than So this isn't you know, like, this isn't like moving to a powerhouse school sort of situation or like being recruited sort of thing. Is it, or is it more so like Winslow's they decided to move? Yeah. Winslow's a good team, but I think Penn Salkin's a good team too. I mean, okay. it's not like he's, yeah, it's not like he's going to play for Bergen Catholic in North Jersey or yeah. something like that. You know, the St. Peter's preps of the world. Uh, they're both, you know, public schools. So, I mean, there's not, there's nothing there that, uh, makes me think anything like that but but either way i mean like he's you know bill belton's really happy to have him i had a good talk with bill uh i didn't know one thing in new jersey is like high school coaches aren't really allowed to work with their players in certain times of the years which is interesting i've just oh. I've, i didn't know that um so bill hasn't really been able to work with him too much yet but of course he you know he's watched him at penn Salk and a bunch of times and uh we had a good talk uh, i i had an interview up uh on um, thursday morning i'm sure fans have, have seen that by now just kind of bill's thoughts and then Charles Powers thoughts, but uh, I want to get your thoughts too, T Frank. I know, uh, I know you're dying to kind of open up about the guy. Well, you stole my thunder of uh, six foot one seventy five. You know, given <laughs> no, but uh, everything. I was having a hard time watching uh, his film because I'm like, what do I have to say about a guy who is positionally sound, who is a good athlete, and I think the four two shuttle is a really good indication of his best trait, which is he's got great hips. He's got great agility and great bursts, so he gets up to full speed really quickly. So I think he can be a slot receiver, but at that size and with his physical abilities to break tackles, he's got, the, he's got some upside that is not indicated in his frame. So that, I think, is very exciting. And then when you have situations like this of, again, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but you don't ever see him lacking speed. So his ability to, to uh, not just on defense, to, to chase players down, but also to run past people. Uh, you don't see him getting caught in the open field. So those are all positive signs. And then, like I said, this is possibly my, my favorite ability in a receiver is the ability to break tackles. He is always falling forward. He is personally offended when you try and tackle him. I love that. He breaks tackles. He gets yards after the catch. Because, Ryan, what's the easiest thing in the world for a quarterback to take credit for is a screen that goes 75 yards. That goes in the box score. Everyone feels good. But that's the receiver doing that. So mm -hmm. those abilities, they've been lacking in the Penn State offense. And having that sort of demeanor that nastiness i think that's a huge get for penn state from a, from an intangible and from a tangible level of he's gonna break tackles he's gonna get first downs he's gonna get extra yards it's both breaking arm tackles and running through guys like he's got all of those things and then as it, you know I, I said this in the film evaluation at bluewhiteillustrated.com the closer he can get to 190 200 without becoming a possession receiver the more those skills are going to accentuate and he can outplay what his ranking is right now, which is not bad. Like he's a four-star receiver. He's outside the on 300, but you know, he's got the potential in his positional skills to be much more than that at the next level. Yeah, I thought he stretched the field pretty well too. I mean, there's some yeah. clips there. We didn't, he didn't show him there specifically, but uh, you know, he's pretty good at those just kind of, you know, over the shoulder kind of yep. catches, you know, and that's not something you see all the time. And guys, uh, it's a little, little, little more difficult than I think uh, sometimes we make it out to be. So uh, there was one or two catches too on his highlight reel too, where he kind of just like spins around, makes like a, a wild kind of catch too. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a, a really nice kind of play. But uh, like I said, man, just uh, you, you really, you're the one that kind of put it in my ear. And Charles too. I mean, it's like like we were saying, it was good to kind of see you and Charles kind of have the same thoughts on a guy where you know just a lot of you know above average qualities, you know a lot of B qualities, not no 
A plus. Well, yeah. you know, he stands out in, in this perspective. But uh, hey, man, that's a good thing in my eyes. When, when you're when you're well rounded and sound in a lot of different areas, uh, I think Taylor Stubblefield will take that every time. Yeah, and it's something we talked about on the mailbag show yesterday. Uh, one of the message board members asked, "What's up with the lack of the Irv Charles and the Chris Godwin?" and I think part of it is if you're going to get those guys, you're going to get those guys. Like there are certain receivers that are big, fast, and strong, and you'll you'll take those guys. But you know, uh, the versatility to play inside and outside. I think bigger guys are getting more opportunities to play in the slot, and guys that are that perfect height of six foot six one that can play inside and outside are becoming more valuable because you can move them around and they can be independent of the traditional you know, Z, X, Y, they can play any position, go inside and outside the formation, and you can get matchup advantages that way. So I think that's a, that's a well, big advantage for him as well, outside of just the his skills. There's also just not a lot, a ton of those big guys in the region this year too, right? And like yeah. Penn State's done a good job of, you know, stretching outside the region and finding guys. But I mean, to me, like the only... Like, to me, when I really look at Penn State's receiver boards and the guys that they were really in the mix for, like Noah Rogers from North Carolina is yep. the one guy that's like, okay, yep. this guy's a stud. And like that's and I think Rodney Gallagher is really good, too. I, I have Noah Rogers up here a little bit just from a size perspective. Right. I mean, the guy right. ran a four, a guy ran a four or five laser time at Under Armour, which is a laser start, laser finish. Like, those times are always – it was a low four five too. Yeah. Uh, those times are always like a tenth, tenth and a half slower than anything hand time that we, you know – at the times that you normally see right so uh when you put up those kind of numbers and 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 you also just look at his production and stuff yeah Noah Rogers was always like that one guy unfortunately Penn State fans he's probably going to Ohio State so yeah get used to get used yeah. to hearing about him but against your team unfortunately yeah and and that's the the exact answer of like if guys fit the speed category with the size and have all the things of course, everyone's going to want them. That's a guy you're going to go after. But when you look at kind of the, the prototype, and this is what I talked to Taylor Stubblefield about during uh, National Signing Day, is he said, you know, you you have the old school Randy Moss prototype, right? But if you look at the guys in the NFL that are the most successful right now in the modern NFL, and I think in modern college football, where you emphasize getting speed into space so they can make people miss and they can get big plays, those guys are all six feet tall. Diggs, mm -hmm. Adams, um, Justin Jefferson, uh, Tyreek Hill's not a big dude. He's kind of a different animal, but like he's not a big guy. Uh, uh, the, the Anderson kid from uh, Alabama, another guy who's just pure speed, who's about 6'1". So none of these guys are DK Metcalf. None of these guys are A.J. Brown. Those guys still exist. But if you're going for, like, guys that hit and guys that are kind of the prototype right now, you can make an argument that they're all six feet tall. You don't need to be the biggest guy to be the lead guy. Yep. You know better than me with the NFL, so I'm <laughs> not even going to go. I will say one guy that keep an eye on, though, for Penn State fans is is Justin Brown. Uh, he visited earlier this year. He's from Blackman uh, High School down in Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee. He's a legit 6'2", pushing 190. Like, there is some... There is some size with him, and I think there is a, a lot of interest in Penn State. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I still think probably three wide receivers is the max. And yeah. uh, with Noah Rogers kind of going elsewhere, obviously a lot of focus turns to Rodney Gallagher now. But uh, keep an eye on Justin Brown. I think there is real interest on both sides there and somebody that I could see getting back on campus down the road. So that's actually a great transition into the next thing I want to do here. For people that don't follow uh, recruiting as closely, 
if you're watching here on on the on the YouTube's on uh, Blue Eyes Illustrated here on YouTube, um, first off, the thing you got to do if you want to get more information, if this is kind of wetting your appetite for more, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, so you get the unfettered, pure high octane, the 93 premium content. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com on the premium message formats where you get Ryan's information, his lowdown stuff that you get there, and then of course the premium content articles, all for a dollar. One dollar for 12 months of entertainment. I mean, you you can't get a better value for your dollar anywhere else. And of course, we'll talk about stuff here. Subscribe for a dollar uh, at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, and I'll throw in a free subscription on YouTube, you know, just for you, because I'm I'm that guy. <laughs> Uh, but I do. I want to. I want to reset the class, and I want to for people who maybe are new, go through things so people know where everything stands with twelve players committed, where the holes might be, and what we're looking forward to going into the summer. So uh, let's start on offense. Seeing as we just finished up with the Johnny Shakir, he's the only receiver in the class as of right now. Let's go and start at the top. Go quarterback, and let's go through the list. Yep. Marcus Stokes, of course, uh, committed to Penn State back in mid-April. Um, I think Penn State's very happy. Of course, Marcus will be their only quarterback this year, as long as he, of course, stays committed, which I don't see anything changing. Uh, Marcus is a good six one and a half right now, 185. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about his story already. Uh, Yurch has kind of found him, or it was on him a little bit before, but really his stock just blew up massively uh, at the National Combine in San Antonio. And uh, I expect him to be uh, the Nittany Lions' uh, quarterback here, the only quarterback in this class. I, I don't I don't see him moving on. Uh, of course, they don't have a running back right now. Uh, you know, of course, you just interviewed London Montgomery, T. Frank. So uh, that, that uh, I think, I thought that interview went well. And, you know, I think Penn State's trending in a, in a good position there. But let's kind of see. There's some other guys on the board. And, uh, you know, this is why we're doing our hop boards over on the site. And, yeah, we, we went into a little more details last week, of course, about yeah. uh, all the top positions. But, uh, of course, now we have well, – there's one wide receiver in the class, which is Johnny Shakir, two tight ends. Uh, with Joey Schlaffer and uh, Andrew Repellier. Uh, of course, Matthias Barnwell was uh, expected to be a tight end at one point, but Penn State thinks they're going to uh, – thinks his potential is probably best now at defensive tackle, and, and I would agree with that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have four offensive linemen in, in Birchmeyer, Javen Williams, Anthony Donko, and Josh Miller. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to, to ask, I wanted to follow up, is that because defensive line had been the conversation before. Uh, he plays defensive tackle in high school. And uh, he's very good at it. So is is he settled on defensive tackle? Because I know there was some talk about being a power end or a five technique or something like that. Uh, is is that confirmed his position going forward or is it still kind of open ended? He's six six two sixty. I mean, <laughs> like I, I mean, I know that. You know. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I I I don't think. I mean, obviously, you know, Matthias would have to really change some things about his his, his diet, really, if, if that's not where he wants to end up. So. Uh, I, well, look, I mean, with Jameel Lyons already committed and, and all the other athletes out there at defensive end, I mean, I think it's inevitable uh, that he ends up being a three technique. Um, but no, I wouldn't say it's 100 percent confirmed, but that's fully what I would what would I expect to happen. OK, so let's let's jump back to the offense and let's get into the offensive line, because that's the strength of the class with uh, four committed players and two of them are five star prospects. So take us mm -hmm. through the guys and where you think they'll play. Uh, on the offensive line for Penn State, where Penn State has them earmarked at the moment. So I just noticed last night uh, when Ajani committed that Birchmeyer 
the the consensus rankings got shuffled a little bit and that the consensus rankings are always going to shuffle right it depends on what rivals does depends on what espn does depends on what 24 7 does birchmeyer is a tick below five star now at number 27 okay. so birchmeyer is actually back to a four star look he's going to be a five star when it's all said and done because yeah. uh, as we go through the process we add a few more five stars it ends up being 32 five star players he's at 27 right now i don't see any world where you know he doesn't end up in the top 32 but technically uh, Alex Birchmeyer is no longer a five star for, you know, probably a couple weeks until, you know, somebody moves him back up again. But of course, Javen Williams is a five star with on uh, three in our rankings. On uh, three has him right now at, let me see, I'm trying to pull it up. Number, oh, of course, my computer is slowing down <laughs> on me right now. And I can't load it up. Number 11, excuse me, in the nation yeah. right now, number one in PA. Um, and look, I mean, I, I think that that's a heck of a combination to build off of. You yep. wrote in your superlatives this week about Josh Miller and, uh, you know, he's probably one of the most underrated guys right now. And then Anthony Donko, man, there's, there's, there's a lot to like there. You got to yep. see him close and, and under armor. And, uh, you know, I think he has pretty good feet for a guy, his size and really his base is, is excellent. I mean, he just has to kind of probably work on some fundamentals and stuff, yep. but the more we learn about Donko, the more I talk to people about Donko, it, it makes complete sense on why Penn State was a bit more aggressive than some other schools and, and you know, went all in with him uh, before, you know, everybody else kind of caught on the boat. I mean, I knew Notre Dame and a few others were showing interest, but uh, Penn State pushed his chips in there and um, looks like they probably made a pretty good decision. Yeah, yeah. And the reason he didn't, the reason he was not a part of the, uh, you know, can change the class or most underrated or any of those things in my superlatives was there were guys that were just that much better than him in all those categories where Matthias Barnwell, and we'll get to him in a minute, can change a lot of things for Penn State. And, uh, you know, I, I just think Josh Miller talking to him, sit, like looking in his eyes, and I know that's such a cliche thing, but seeing the intensity and the skill he already has, that his size and all of those things, He's so underrated right now. Um, and one of the things that I came away from and I asked him, you know, are you are you a interior player going forward or are you that's what we had been told. And he's like, listen, I'm going to play where they tell me to. But I think of myself as a tackle, essentially, is what he said, because that's where he plays in high school. Uh, and, and then he goes out and he wins a, a co MVP of a camp a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I'm I. We'll see where it all ends up, but I think they've got a lot of guys with position flexibility. Javen Williams can play tackle. I think, you know, even if they add one of these guys that are very highly rated, unless they were to get maybe like Samson Okunlola or Caden Proctor, he might be mm -hmm. the best left tackle prospect in the class, you know, regardless of who signs on. And then you've got mm -hmm. the guys on the interior with the versatility, the size, and the upside. So it is a very strong unit of four already. Also, one other thing that stands out to me, Donko 6'5", Josh Miller 6'4". Yep. Let me see, Javon Williams 6'4", and Birchmeyer 6'5 and a half. That's all NFL length, NFL size. You know, yep. we're not talking about 6'2 guys that are true interior guys, true centers. Uh, there's a lot of length to like there, um, you know, a lot of room to, to work and fill out there. So uh, I think Phil Trotwine's done an excellent job. And, uh, you know, he's he's in a good position with a handful of guys, like we said, Samson Okunlola, Evan Link, uh, Zach Owens, we've talked about nonstop here for the last couple of weeks. Of course, I have a pick in for him to end up at Penn State. So, uh, you know, Phil Trotwine's putting together one heck of a class right now. And uh, yeah. I think I think when it's all said and done, he should be recognized by, you know, whether it's on three or 24 seven or rivals, whatever. But I think people should recognize him as, you know, having one of the best uh, one of the best classes or the best groups put together this year yeah and 
for Pense fans that are, are you know have been disgruntled over the last couple of years with the offensive line, this is the most athleticism I've seen in, in a group of players. You know, if you include last year as well, if you include the last two cycles, this is the most depth and talent rich class that I've evaluated. And that's not forever long, but that's changing the narrative about what you're working with up front, which is what Penn State fans have wanted for years. So keeping everything together, you know, we've talked about this. It's the Wild West right now. Anything can happen. You're not predicting anything bad to happen, but anything can happen. But this would be a huge win for Penn State football. And getting them all to produce at that level is is another thing as well. Uh, so it's just it's it's just a lot of promise right now. I think things are definitely, like you said, going in the right direction of Phil Troutwine should get some recognition for that. Uh, let's circle back to the yep. tight ends quickly because that group is very interesting uh, with Andrew Rappelier and with uh, Joey Schlaffer where they have a guy that has a lot of upside in Josh Laffer, who's a very good receiver, and Rappelier, who's a very good receiver, very good overall player that uh, has some time to develop. That particular group and and uh, what Ty Howell has done this season so far with four guys committing during the cycle, uh, what are your thoughts on that position group heading into the summer? Great. I mean, Rappelier was massive. I mean, Rappelier was uh, slowly ticking up as their top tight end. I mean, Neo Avery at one point was the guy I considered their top tight end. Schlaffer was always once once Penn State fully evaluated him and and had him, uh, you know, got him an offer. And of course, with his family ties and whatnot. I mean, that was always going to happen. I always thought like probably a top three, top four tight end. Um, and then, you know, really at Rappelier and, and Neo Avery were, were the guys that were kind of like the the ones they were really pushing hard to, to add with him. So uh, I think Penn State's really happy there. Of course, they lost Neo Avery. Neo was probably going to end up playing defensive end. And we've talked about that a lot about yeah. how Bush broke his wrist and then he started playing D end. And, you know, Penn State saw his potential there. But uh, like Penn State always gets good tight ends, right? It's just yeah. kind of how they develop uh, is kind of the question. So um, Ty Howell's always been a good recruiter, too. I mean, there's no there's no question about Ty and how he connects with people and he's one of the most personal guys on that staff so I, I don't have any there's no surprise I guess that uh you know Ty, Ty's been able to recruit as well as he has but uh you know I, I think all the question the fans want to say is just they obviously they want to see the current tight ends step up and whether that's Ty or just guys you know not making plays is kind of tough to say but yeah. I, I expect Ty to continue to recruit at a high level so let's move on now to the defensive side of the ball where there is less known right now a lot of uh, very lopsided. The offense is running away with the class so far, but still a lot of good talent out there on the defensive side. Jameel Lyons committing recently. Um, so just give us a reset about the defensive end position, what's happened there so far. Give a little bit with Neo Avery, and, and what's the situation at defensive end? Yeah, so with defensive end, of course, Lyons is, is on board now. Avery is expected to take an official visit to Penn State here. Uh, we'll keep it behind and pay well on the, on the details, but uh, I am expecting Avery to get back here uh, in the months ahead. But uh, there, there's a lot of talent there. I mean, I, I'm torn on, on on defensive end right now and, and kind of how many guys they could take because there's a Nick Harbors out there in the world. Do I think Nick Harbors is going to end up at Penn State? No, I, I really don't. Um, but there are there are some other guys that are kind of interesting to me. Of course, Mason Robinson is the one that I've been predicting to end up at Penn State for a long time. But, you know, Desmond Omazula is a guy who Penn State likes a lot. He just doesn't talk much, right? So it's hard to get a feel for. By Job is a player we haven't talked about a ton. He's from Norman, Oklahoma. Like, more and more people are talking to me about how Penn State has a good relationship with, with, with Job. So just, like, I mean, I, I feel confident in saying that there should be two defensive ends in this class. But – 
man, when I when I just look up and down that board, and then I look more specifically at the defensive tackle board and some of the talent that's there, mm-hmm. um, this could end up being a two two defensive end class instead of a three. And of course, when you also add in Damian Robinson, uh, who of course will, will be an edge rusher, I think that that alleviates some of the stress of ha- you know having to get uh, you know another elite defensive end. But I mean, I think if you ask fans, though, I mean, they, we had a big discussion on this on our message board the other week on on the importance of adding those elite you know, top tier defensive end prospects. I mean, they, they obviously really want the, the Nick Harbors of the world and yeah. some other guys. I, I just, I, Tamarian Parker, of course, is going to come for an official visit, but he's from Alabama. I expect him to stay down South. I don't, I don't see too many of those truly elite edge rushers right now. Um, you know, outside of, you know, like I said, Parker and, and, and Harbor and, you know, do I think Penn State is going to get any of them? I don't. So, you know, getting Robinson, getting Lions, both quality guys, but, you know, yeah. guys who still have work to do uh, as they progress. And, and well, one thing I will say is, like, well, from the videos we've seen of Mason Robinson, from the people I've talked to about him, like, there are a lot, there's a lot of excitement about his growth and, you know, the mm-hmm. offseason he's having. So uh, I will be really excited to watch Mason, uh, you know, this upcoming season. But if they yeah. can get Mason, get lines, I think they're really happy. And they need to shoot pretty high for for an elite edge rusher or you, you take that scholarship and, and you know, get a, get another interior guy, which to me feels more likely at the moment. And if you want to check out Mason Robinson, he was here on the BWI Daily Edition. The only thing he needs is is size. Like he is a he is such a good pass rusher. He is a he's a little denied Dennis Sutton with his hand usage and and their their uh, their their D line coach is an excellent teacher of the position because that they, they are very good up front and and that I think is just you know Mason has the frame. It just it's all got to come together for him, and he's got time to do that. Like that's the other thing too is he's six foot three. He's got time to add the the muscle mass. He's got time to do all of those things. You'd like to see it in high school. You'd like to see it happen quickly, especially for him. I know that he probably feels a little bit of that pressure, but he's gonna be working on it. Like you know, talking to him and and seeing the dedication and seeing the professionalism, I'll call it, from him and and all of the stuff you get from those guys in McDonough. You know, it's just about a matter of time there with some of the things he needs. Defensive tackle, we we touched on uh, Matthias Barnwell, six foot six. He's bigger than any uh, defensive tackle Penn State has gotten from a frame size. So to me, that's a huge addition. What else is there? I know that there is an official visit that came up this week as well, right? Yeah, well, there's there's a couple official visits set for defensive tackles. Derek LeBlanc, of course, is set. Uh, we've talked about LeBlanc a good bit uh, out of Kissimmee, Florida. I think he's a I think Penn State's probably going to be top three with him. I think it might be a little bit hard to get him out of the South, but uh, from relationship perspective, Penn State's done a good job there. Jason Moore, of course, out of DeMatha is kind of the guy that I'm getting a ton of questions about. I know Penn State's working hard to get an official visit set with him, but nothing seems to be set at the moment. Uh, Notre Dame's in the mix there, a couple other schools. John Walker, uh, he's, he's teammates, of course, with Derek LeBlanc. I don't believe he has an official visit set, so I'll be curious to see kind of, um, you know, whether Penn State's kind of slowed down a little bit or if they're really just kind of pushing for LeBlanc there. Because I did think that Walker would take a take an official, but uh, mm-hmm. nothing's really set at the moment. Uh, but Will Norman's still in the mix. Uh, David Hobbs is, is a guy that, of course, I'm, I'm going to have an interview up. Or actually, by the time you're reading this, you, you probably would be able to see that interview. Uh, he, he visited, uh, what was it, uh, mid-April, I believe it was, uh, not not long before the, the blue-white game. And uh, certainly a guy to watch. But I think UNC is probably maybe the favorite there. Um, he's from uh, Concord, North Carolina. So uh, he's been to UNC, I don't know, three or four times now. So I get the vibe that the target Hills are the favorite, but he's he's certainly in the mix. Uh, and then Justin Benton too. That's that's of course the guy you were just referring to. He he tweeted out yesterday that he has an official visit set for the 
the whiteout game, which hasn't been announced yet, by the way, uh, which of course will be the we expect to be the Ohio State game, um, which is uh, I believe it's uh, end of end of October. What is it? October twenty eighth, I want to say. So uh, of course that's so far down the road. Like I, yeah. I'm hesitant on even like marking it on his profile because they could get three defensive tackles uh, in the next couple next couple uh, months, and and you know that that'll shift things quick. But but one thing I will say about Benton man is like he's only six foot two seventy. But like strong as the ox, like everybody yeah. just raves about, uh, you know, the way he's able to use leverage and move guys around. So uh, I do believe Benton is Benton's not like as highly ranked as Jason Moore and some of those other guys, but uh, he feels like one of those one of those uh, top prospects for Penn State, and they seem to have done a really good job with his recruitment. Uh, I think Penn State could be the favorite right now with him. And it would make sense from his perspective if you're going to be an undersized and, and I use that word lightly when he's two seventy, an undersized yeah. defensive tackle. Penn State's had a, a good reputation of not only finding those guys, but developing them and using them. You can be 270 mm-hmm. and you can come in and then maybe you don't ever get playing time, but Penn State is not afraid to put those guys on the football field and to give them the opportunity to do whatever they do. Um, linebacker. Now, I know that this is another one. Where, uh, timelines here. We're recording a little bit before this, but uh, Phil Pachotti's putting out a top list of schools here on Friday. Um, that's a big part, I think, of the of the linebacker class. But there's also some big names in this group as well. Um, what's mm-hmm. your read? A brief read on this situation with the linebacker group. Yeah, I have Pachotti like number two right now because I have two other guys as one A and one B, and of course that's Tammy Robinson and Tony Rojas. I mean, getting an athletic outside linebacker and getting two really uh, is 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 the main priority right now. Uh, I think if they could get Robinson and 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 Rojas, they would feel very good about the class. Uh, And they you know they like Pachotti as well. He's more of a uh, middle linebacker though, and just I don't I don't get the sense that that's as big of a priority under. Uh, Manny Diaz, as mm-hmm. it, as it, as I, I thought, maybe under Brent Pry, um, but uh, but you know, if Pachati was serious about coming here, I don't see how Penn State could take could wouldn't take him. Uh, yeah. I, I will also add though that I, I kind of think Oklahoma is emerging as the favorite with Pachati. He's been down there twice now, had a had a strong visit in uh, April uh, with with uh, the new staff down there, and so we'll, we'll see. But uh, there's a lot of talk that Oklahoma is becoming his his team to beat. So quick recap, one defensive end in the class so far, one athlete that we're pegging, we're kind of penciling in a defensive tackle with Matthias Barnwell, no linebacker so far, which brings us to the secondary. And at this point with Manny Diaz's defense, I'm just calling them all defensive backs. They all do the same thing. You got boundary corners and everybody else. So uh, one at each position right now. So just recap who is in for the Nittany Lions in the secondary. Yeah, of course, Conrad Hussey, who just committed recently uh, out of St. Thomas Aquinas, will be a safety prospect. And then Lamont Payne, who's been committed. Um, was Lamont the first commit in this class? I think he may have been. Alex uh, Birchmeyer was by a little bit. Oh, Birchmeyer. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Birchmeyer was July and Lamont was the season. I think he was like September. Yeah. Like third week of September, I want to say something like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, first off, Penn State's very happy that they got Lamont Payne because the corner, the rest of the cornerback board is very national, right? I mean, there's yeah. not too many other uh, true corners in the region right now. So that's 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 massive. They got to keep him on board. And, you know, the, so he's been recruiting really hard for Penn State. So I don't, I don't see that being an issue. Uh, but the, the rest of the cornerback board is like 
hard for me to read. I've been struggling to kind of get a read on it. There's a reason I haven't done a cornerback hot board yet. Uh, same with defensive tackle too. I, I have a better read for who the top guys are at defensive tackle. I'm just trying yeah. to figure out like details so I can provide as far as official visits and other things. Uh, but the cornerback board is is certainly a hard one to read. One, one guy who did emerge just, just this past week is Daylon Austin. He, he's talking about taking an official visit uh, for the, the Ohio state game. Just like Justin Benton said, um, he's, you know, elite prospect usc is probably going to get him he's from california you know we'll see that's so far away that i don't want to overthink it but uh it is notable that you know he yeah, that's actually the second time too that he's told reporters from on three that like he's firmly planning to take an official visit to penn state for that ohio state game but man micah tease is a guy from oklahoma you know there, there's some there's some talk about you know damari brown's been up here damon fagan yeah. uh, from american heritage those guys are in the mix jalen braxton you know of course he's he actually does have an official visit set for june but like all of these guys are guys who haven't been here before they're from texas they're from florida they're from all over the place so they're just very difficult to get a read uh, for that board. Uh, I do think Luke Evans, another Florida guy, uh, is maybe a guy to keep an eye on. He, he, he just, I've had one interview with him. He, he seems like he would be a good fit here from a personality perspective. And just from talking to people, I, I think Penn State's pretty high on him, but that cornerback board, man, I, I'm scared to make any predictions there. Cause I, <laughs> I, I feel like I, every time I feel like I have it figured out, then there's like three new kids who just pop up and I, I then I feel how, like I'm clueless. How you feel so. about that is how I feel about doing anything about Manny Diaz's coverage schemes from the blue white game. It's just like, give me a minute. I gotta, I gotta work through some stuff. Actually, one of the things I'm doing this yeah. off season for continuing education is like looking into more complex coverages and diving a little bit deeper. Cause coverage is one of the hardest things uh, in football. And he does not make it easy. So these corners coming in, like they're going to be in a quasi NFL system. So if that's something they're interested in, you know, I, I think that that's a, that'd be a good fit because it is, there's a lot there. Uh, did, did we get to safeties? Uh, did we get to interior defensive backs? I'm going to call them now. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, the, the safety board is a little bit easier to read with, of course, well, of course, you know, Hussey's already committed. We've yeah. talked a lot about King Mack, his teammate, uh, potentially here committing in the weeks, months ahead. King has a has an official visit set for the third week in June. So uh, the further we get away from Hussey's commitment, the more I think that he might wait to take that official visit. But everybody in Lash, you know, that I've spoken with, at least, you know, they, they seem to feel pretty good about him joining this class at some point. And of course that would be two safeties, right? Yep. Uh, and I, I don't see them taking too many much. I mean, may, I, I could see them taking three, but you know, then it depends on, you know, just all these other positions and it, it's hard to say, but you know, you have Cam Selden out there very much. Who's an important prospect for Penn state and uh, Dakari Nelson as well, uh, who has another, I mean, both those guys have official visits set for June Ramir Stewart. You know, he's a, he's the top guy in Pennsylvania. It doesn't talk a whole lot, so it's hard to read him, but uh, very much just, I would think still in the mix. Again, it's hard to read uh, on Ramir, but Jaden Bonzu, I think Jaden Bonzu is probably going to end up at Ohio State, you know, uh, out of St. Peter's prep, but he's he's been on campus twice. So mm -hmm. there's, I, I think the, the safety board has a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, I would think that Cam Selden is kind of like the, the guy at the top that you take no matter what. Uh, you have Conrad, if you can get King Mac, which people seem to think is very realistic, then you just kind of push your chips in on Cam Selden or, or Dakari Nelson, too, who both of those guys could play linebacker, by the way, with their yeah. size and if they continue to grow, um, you know, kind of play that star uh, star position. So I, I think um, that they're that the yeah. final evolution of that, too. So the, if you're if you're dipping your toe in the water and, and not to say that you're dipping your toe in the water, like this is what they're doing this year with Jonathan Sutherland. Uh, what teams across the nation are doing and teams in the NFL are doing is finding 
the Cam Selden. That's the body type. That's the player. That's the situation to put him in. Is that underneath that that striker position? That guy can do great things there, and I think that would be the perfect fit for Penn State in this class. He might even be a will. Like he might just be two thirty five by the end. Yeah, he's six two two ten right now. So I mean, when you look at that size, you got to think, okay, yeah, there's a real. Real chance he could grow into a linebacker. And then Dakari Nelson's 6'3", 194. So a little bit skinnier, has a little more length. Um, yeah. You know, but I mean, I from seeing Dakari Nelson when he came up here for that Rutgers game, like, my God, you could pack on so much muscle for him. So uh, both those guys could be could be linebackers down the road. And that's why you just got to put them in that athlete category, right? Yep. I mean, I kind of put Nicholas Singleton, or Nicholas Singleton, uh, Nick, Nicholas Harbor in that category, a few others where it's just like, you know, we know you're an elite athlete. We may be kind of full at your position, but uh, we got to take you. Yeah. Any last thoughts? That does it for our uh, re recap of the class of 2023 so far. Anything else before we get out? Um, yeah, I would say like the, the so right now I have about 36 guys confirmed for June official visits. And uh, just from talking to people, I don't think they're going to have to keep piling on. So schools. Uh, schools are only allowed to have 56 official visits a year. And if you don't use, if you use less than 50, you can roll six over. So Penn State can use 62 this year, right? Mm -hmm. But if they get up to like that 40 number, you're talking about 22 official visits left for seven plus months, right? And we know guys want to come for that Ohio State game. You got to bank some in case late in your class, you got to get guys up here. So, you know, with 36 guys confirmed at the moment, I really, it's hard for me to see it, you know, going substantially over 40, maybe 41, 42. Uh, but I, I, I guess where I'm getting at here is like that, that official visit list for June feels like it's probably 80, 90% complete. And, you know, maybe a few guys like a Jason Moore, I know they're working on a couple others that could emerge, but I think we have a pretty good feel now for who's going to be here in June, taking official visits. Bluewhiteillustrated.com to get all the information over the next couple of months. And I don't know that he sleeps, but, uh, he does keep up to date with all this stuff. That's Ryan Snyder, our recruiting insider. Ryan, thanks, man. Yep. Have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy that. We'll be back on Monday with more. Make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube. And if you're listening to me talk through the outro music, just hit the like button. You know you want to.